On this episode of the From Downtown Podcast, we have a two-parter today. First, we dive into the Donovan Mitchell trade situation and see how much value he has compared to his former teammate, Rudy Gobert. Then, the second part of the pod is all about the Lillard and Beal extensions and the not-so-good history of older guards getting longer contracts. All that is coming up right now. Alright guys, so today we are talking about the Donovan Mitchell trade situation, that whole scenario going on up in Utah. We... The tea leaves, you could tell. You could tell this coming from a mile away. Once we saw Rudy Gobert get traded for that large and quite frankly unrealistic haul, but we'll get into that and Rudy Gobert's trade value in the NBA. But we already knew coming in that, yeah, Donovan Mitchell's time in Utah was coming to an end. They really could not make it past the second round. Even though they had some great regular season success and both the guys put up great regular season numbers, last three years they were all all-stars and just from that perspective you have to think okay Utah they did the best they could but they couldn't get over the hump when it came to certain teams mainly the Clippers that was one of the big impediments to their success in postseason time obviously we had Denver in the bubble and last season we had Dallas but at the end of the day that team was just not good enough for whatever reason and they had to blow it up Danny Ains, Dwayne Wade over there all the guys in the front office they decided it was time and like I said in the last pod, this this is probably the best time to do it, to just blow it up, restart, and tank for this season. You have a great incoming draft class in 2023. Number one pick looks like it's going to be Victor Wembanyama. I think that's a consensus around the league, followed by Scoot Henderson. You have a couple other guys, Nick Smith, Keontae George, Derek Whitehead out of Duke. A bunch of guys that have superstar potential written all over them. So it's not necessarily a disappointment to blow this all up. But this looking at Donovan Mitchell, I've created a few trade scenarios that we can look at to see where Donovan Mitchell might end up. And now, when you really think about it, guards are at a premium at this time in the NBA. There are so many good guards out there, and every, every team has a guard. Like, just look at the teams. You can name them. Golden State, Seth Curry, um, Lakers, Russell Westbrook, Brooklyn, Kyrie. Even some of the guys that aren't necessarily superstars yet but are on up and coming. Darius Garland in Cleveland. Darren Fox, Sacramento Kings. You look around the league, there's not too many teams that do not have a good lead guard. And even if they're not superstars, a lot of the people on these rosters are guards that are serviceable, can be your starter. And Donovan Mitchell does not have the trade value that some might think. So let's get into the four teams that I have for trade destinations for Donovan Mitchell. First up, Miami. I know Donovan Mitchell has been linked to Miami for a while. Um, Pat Riley has came out. The Heat organization as a whole, they were looking for stars to pair with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Of course, once the Kevin Durant news came out, Everybody was thinking, oh, Kevin Durant to the Heat, make it happen right now. But as we've seen, it's not as easy as it seems to bring Kevin Durant to Miami. The reason being, mainly because of the designated rookie extension rule, where you cannot have two designated rookies on the same team. So Ben Simmons would have to be moved as well because Kevin Durant probably would have to be traded and a lot will have to go back, but Ben Ben Simmons cannot be on the team if Bam Adebayo were to come over in a trade, or vice versa. It wouldn't be as simple as many make it out to be. So 
I took the liberty of hitting up the NBA trade machine on ESPN. And here's the trade that I made for Donovan Mitchell. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Nikola Jovic, not Jokic, Nikola Jovic, the pick from this year's draft, Max Struess, Omer Yurtseven, the 23 and 24 first round pick, a 26 first, 27 first, and 28 first. And we're going to talk about why we have so many firsts in here for one player who is Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, great player. We'll get into the stats, advanced metrics, all those things as we go on in the pod. But just for now, let's, let's take this as face value. What does this bring to the Miami Heat? It brings a star. It brings another star along with Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and Bam Adebayo. That's what they're looking for right now. They're looking for stars. They're looking for offensive production. Because in the playoffs, we know Heat defense will always be elite. But sometimes if Jimmy Butler isn't creating, it was hard to find offense, especially in that Eastern Conference final series against the Boston Celtics. Bam Adebayo is limited on the offensive end. So was Kyle Lowry at times. He was hobbled for the series. I will give him that. But he's not the same guy he was in Toronto for all those years, making all-star appearances and whatnot. He's not the same creator. So you bring in a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who's just fresh off averaging 26 points, one of the best shot creators in the NBA at the guard position. Pair that with Jimmy Butler and what they have in the Heat organization. Sure, you're losing a lot of your depth, and I'm sure that will come back to bite them at some point. They cannot get veteran guys and get something else back from this Utah trade. But at the end of the day, stars drive this league. Stars win championships, and adding Donovan Mitchell to that core of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo along with Kyle Lowry and the supplementary pieces that they already have, that's a formula for winning the East. That is a formula for winning the East. Now, of course, Boston just came off a final berth. Milwaukee just just improved. They gotten marginally better. And then guys like the Atlanta Hawks, they're trying to rise up in the Eastern Conference rankings. Philadelphia. With James Harden taking that pay cut, you have P.J. Tucker, the Anthony Melton joining the crew. A bunch of different guys that can really affect the game on both ends of the floor. It's not going to be easy for Miami, but if I'm Pat Riley, if I'm Eric Spolstra, and Donovan Mitchell's on the market, I got to do it. I'm doing this trade. Next, New York Knicks. The New York Knicks, everybody... Whoever is a free agent or a star who's disgruntled, the Knicks always end up in those trade rumors for obvious reasons, especially if it's a point guard. The Knicks lack that star guard. They haven't really been able to get a guard that was star caliber since, I want to say, Jeremy Lin. And was he really a star? He was a star for like four or five weeks. That's about it during that Lin sanity period. But nonetheless, they, have, they recently just signed Jalen Brunson big addition if you ask me just in terms of what the Knicks are trying to build over there and if you add Donovan Mitchell to that core definitely a small backcourt for sure I'm not sure I like those matchups especially once you get deep into the playoffs but just at face value star star potential bringing in revenue for the garden Donovan Mitchell's the way to go so my trade situation RJ Barrett he has to be in the trade. That is a non-negotiable. If I'm in the Utah front office, I'm not giving up Donovan Mitchell for nothing. I have to get equal compensation. And R.J. Barrett is 22 years old. Came off his best season so far. 
and the stats are improving. He's still super young. That's a building block that I want in Utah. R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Evan Fournier, Detroit's first in 2023, Washington's first in 2023. The Knicks own both of those, followed by the 24 and 25 first-round picks. If I am Utah, I am doing this trade. If I'm the Knicks, I'm also doing this trade. It's a win-win for both teams. Knicks get their star of guard that they've been salivating for, the fans have been salivating for. Donovan Mitchell fills seats instantly. His dad works with the Mets. I think it's just a perfect situation. One of the most likely, if not the most likeliest situation. And I like it for both sides. Now, those are the main two that you hear in the media, but I decided to do two more that I thought would be interesting. And again, the guard situation in the NBA is pretty hard to pretty hard to find a place that does not have good guards. But I decided to get a little creative and we have Dallas. Right? Of course we have Luka Doncic, but he's six seven, six eight. More of a point forward than anything. Yes, he plays the point guard position, but he's more of a point forward and giving him a guy like Donovan Mitchell as a sidekick, you see what Jalen Brunson did this past postseason, especially in that first round against Utah. He was amazing. So you give Donovan Mitchell to Luka Doncic in Dallas, that system, with Jason Kidd as his coach, that's just asking for trouble. That's going to be one of the best backcourts in the NBA, no doubt about it. So give me Donovan Mitchell for Spencer Dinwiddie, Massey Kleber, Jaden Hardy, who I'm very high on. I'm very, very high on Jaden Hardy as a future prospect, future guy that can give you 18 a night. He's legit, no doubt about it. In addition to those players, you have 24, 26, oh, excuse me, 24 and 26 first round pick, 28 pick swap. You might have to add in a few pick swaps again, but generally that's what I'm looking for for this pick, for this trade, excuse me. These guys are guys that are veteran players, Jen Whitty and Kleber and Jaden Hardy, who's a young guy. I think this may or may not happen. I don't see da- Dallas doing this trade. They do want to star, but I think they like what they have so far. In Utah, there's just better trades out there. But it's interesting. Definitely interesting to think what Dallas could be of Donovan Mitchell. And finally, one more. I chose Orlando. Orlando, they're building something. Donovan Mitchell could be the face of their franchise while they rebuild. He'll be 26, I believe, at the end of this year. 26-year-old with those young guys. Obviously, you got Paolo Bancaro. You have guys like Wagner, Cole Anthony. There's something to build on there. And then you have a guy like Donovan Mitchell leading the show, eventually giving the reins off to Paolo Bancaro. I think that's a great formula for success. And here's a trade. Markel Fultz. Terrence Ross, R.J. Hampton, Mo Wagner actually does get put in this train. And then in 23, 25, 27 first round pick, maybe a pick swap in 26. That should get it done. So all these trades, right? When you look at them, it's a hefty amount for what you're giving up. Just Donovan Mitchell, who is an all-star, borderline all-NBA guy, top 15, top 20 guy. But when you look at what Rudy Gobert, his teammate, just got traded for from Minnesota, you're like, okay, 
we can really amp this up instead of getting just a few picks, uh, one or two good players. Utah is going to try and maximize the trade value of Donovan Mitchell because of what they just got from Rudy Gobert. But then again, you have to also realize just the trade value in the market. Now, market creates trade value. There's so many guards, so many guards. So the teams that I mentioned, maybe one or two others that I didn't mention, those are the teams that really need guards. It's not like it's a wing. Like Let's say it's like a Paul George or like Kevin Durant. Guys that are 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, Everybody could use a wing, a long athletic two-way wing. That's what the NBA is built on right now. The best players are those type of players. If you can get one of those, you are in very good shape. Especially if it's of the stars, that superstar caliber. Those are the guys you want to win championships with. End of discussion. Guards are great. No doubt about it. They can obviously be a face of the franchise type guy. Donovan Mitchell, star. Fill the seats. But at the end of the day, their trade value is not as high. And even for a big man, the replacement level centers, they're all around the league. I personally think that the Minnesota Timberwolves definitely overpaid for Rudy Gobert. I'm not exactly sure how large his market was. That had to be the best offer by far, given up what they gave up to get Rudy Gobert. And I understand Minnesota, A-Rod, that whole ownership group, they want to win now after the minimal success that they saw last season. Of course, getting to the playoffs is a great success for Minnesota and the Timberwolves franchise as a whole. But when you look at it from the perspective of, okay, we're trying to win long-term, not just, all right, we did it once. We got to the playoffs once, and now let's push all our chips in now. That was not the move, in my opinion, but they did it. They made that trade. And now we have to really realize and come to the conclusion that Gobert might have been more valuable than Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell. Let's really break that down for a second. So I got the last three seasons numbers from Mitchell and Gobert. Let me read these off to you. Regular season first in playoffs. Donovan Mitchell, 19-20, average 24 points, four assists, four and a half rebounds, a steal, three turnovers. 2021, 26 points per game, five assists, four rebounds, one steal, three turnovers. 22, 26 points, five rebounds, four assists, 1.5 steals, three turnovers. That's in the regular season for Donovan Mitchell. And then the playoffs, 20, 19, excuse me, 2019, 2020, 36 points per game, five assists, five rebounds, one steal, four turnovers. That was the bubble season. Keep that in mind. 20, 21, 32 points, five and a half assists, four rebounds, one steal, three turnovers game. 21, 22, this past season, 25 and a half points per game, six assists, four rebounds, almost a steal a game, three turnovers. That's Donovan Mitchell, the guy that's facing your franchise, offensive. He He's your offense, essentially, along with the pick and roll for Rudy Gobert, which we'll get into in a second. But he's the guy on the team. And obviously, you see in the playoffs, that scoring increase, especially in 1920 and 2021, you see those gaudy points per game totals there. And that's what he's been known for, stepping it up in the playoffs. Now, let's look at Rudy Gobert. 1920, 15 points per game, 14 rebounds, two blocks. 2021, 14 points per game, 14 rebounds, three blocks. 
2021-2022. 16 points per game, 15 rebounds, 2 blocks. Great numbers in the regular season. All-star numbers. All-star center. You told me, you showed me those numbers without seeing the player. I'm like, that guy's an all-star, without a doubt. In the playoffs, 19-20. 17 points per game, 11 rebounds, 1.5 blocks. 2021, 15 points per game, 12 rebounds, 2 blocks. 21-22 this past year, 12 points per game, 13 rebounds, 1 block. So unlike Donovan Mitchell, we see Rudy Gobert, his value declines in the playoffs. Not by a too bad amount, not too marginally, but still a, a decline. So just from the regular counting numbers, you see that Donovan Mitchell clearly is a better player, right? I mean, the stats are better. Offensive stats are better. He does more for the team. It should be obvious that Donovan Mitchell should garner more trade value than Rudy Gobert, right? Well, before you think about that, you have to consider the advanced stats, right? Advanced stats, advanced metrics tell the whole tale about what we're really talking about here with player value. And one of the best ways, in my opinion, to show the player value is win shares and box plus minus. For those who are unaware, Let's go over win shares real quick. Win shares, the estimated number of wins a player will bring to a team. Just for a quick example, Nikola Jokic, NBA MVP, had a win share of 27.5. So Nikola Jokic, by himself, put him on any team, he's giving you about 28 extra wins and whatever you had. That's the NBA MVP right there. So the best player in the NBA, NBA by far, that's the metrics that he has. Box plus minus. It's a little more complicated, but box plus minus is a basketball box score base metric. It estimates a player's contribution to the team when that player's on the court. It, it uses information in the traditional box score. So points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steal, etc., etc. And just for a sense of scale, if you have a zero, zero is a decent starter or a solid six man. 2.0, plus 2.0 is positive, negative. Plus 2.0 is a good starter. Plus 4.0 is All-Star, plus 6.0 All-NBA, plus 8.0 is MVP, plus 10.0 is All-Time Great. And minus 2.0 is a bench player, below minus 2.0 are end-of-the-bench players. With that in mind, we're going to look at this past season, the advanced stats for Donovan Mitchell first. Win shares, 7.2. This is the regular season, by the way. 7.2 win shares. That's in between All-NBA and MVP season. Oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. I'm thinking about box plus minus. Real win share, 7.2. So he adds, <laughs> get this right for you guys. 7.2, he adds 7 wins to your team. Not spectacular, but it's good. He's not a negative on that side. Offensive box plus minus, the 4.6, in between that all-star and all-NBA range, which is about right for Donovan Mitchell. But this is this is where it gets interesting. Defensive box plus minus, negative point three. So he is below a decent starter or solid six man. He's in that bench territory almost in terms of his defensive production. The one steal that we see commonly with Donovan Mitchell, you'll think, all right, he's he's solid defender. He's a plus defender. The advanced metrics tell a different story, and I think that's the main differentiator between. Rudy Gobert, who's obviously Defensive Player of the Year candidate year in and year out. And Donovan Mitchell, who's offensively great, but defensively he's a liability. 
there's no two ways to put it. He is a defensive liability. And although the offense is great, come postseason time, that will surely be at a detriment. And as we see here, I'll bring up the playoff stats this past year. One shares, 0.3, which, of course, they didn't win that much, so 0.3. Offensive box plus minus is at a 3.9. So right around that all-star level production. Defensive box plus minus, negative 1.1. So his defensive box plus minus went down in the playoffs. Now let's take a look at Rudy Gobert. Now this is what I found fascinating, and this is why I think Rudy Gobert demanded so much trade value. And he might be worth more than Donovan Mitchell, both to the Utah Jazz organization and within the league as well. Win shares for Rudy Gobert, 11.7. That is more than Donovan Mitchell. Almost five more wins that Rudy Gobert adds to Donovan Mitchell. Let's put that into perspective. Donovan Mitchell, 26 points per game, all-star, all-NBA caliber guy. Rudy Gobert, all-star, defensive player of the year, all-NBA center. And Rudy Gobert is adding five more wins compared to Donovan Mitchell. And then we look at the offensive box with minus. He's at a 2.9 for this past regular season, which is around that in-between all-star and good starter, which makes sense. He's not doing too much offensively. He's mainly a pick-and-roll, put-back kind of guy, alley-oop, finish at the rim. And then you look at the defensive box plus minus. 1.7, almost 2. Honestly, I feel like the defensive box plus minus here it is a good indicator, but at the same time, you have to realize that Rudy Gobert, his presence in the paint deters a lot of different shots. Makes a lot of people think twice before going up at the rim. So although the defensive box plus minus gets all the box score stuff, there's also stats that just shows how many deflected passes are in the paint due to him, how many shots aren't taken because of him in the paint. So you have to take that into consideration as well. And win shares for the playoffs. Again, 0.7, more than Donovan Mitchell. Offensive box plus minus, 2.2, 0.1 for defensive box plus minus in the playoffs. Now, the conclusion I came to after all these stats, all these numbers, is that Rudy Gobert clearly had more of an impact, not only over the last three seasons with Utah Jazz, but in the league as a whole. He has more value because offensively, although he's not the superstar scorer that Donovan Mitchell is, he will still help your team pick and roll lob threats. Everybody needs that in the NBA. A vertical lob threat. We saw in the NBA Finals, Rob Williams, great example. Kevon Looney, although not the Skywalker that Rob Williams is, he's still able to get into the low post, bang, finish, rebound, test screens. That's all you really need at the center position. Defensively, he also deters so many shots in the paint. And probably the one thing that people might come at Rudy Gobert for is his playoff defense. I think that's a fake narrative. There's a lot of people that say Rudy Gobert, his defense gets exposed in the playoffs. And that is true to a certain extent. That's true to a certain extent. And the reason why is because, like I mentioned before, Donovan Mitchell, a negative on defense in the playoffs. A lot of the other Rudy, um, excuse me, a lot of the other Utah Jazz players become negatives on defense. And the reason why is because once they, a lot of teams, what they'll do, they'll go five out on you. Have everybody on the perimeter, and what that does is forces people to guard one-on-one. -on -one. 
a lot of times during this Dallas series, Donovan Mitchell was guarding John, excuse me, Jalen Brunson. And what would happen is Jalen Brunson would blow right by Donovan Mitchell like a turnstile. And what that forced Rudy Gobert to do, he had to come off his man. He had to protect the paint. Obviously, not giving up a layup. But at that point, it's too late. Jalen Brunson kicks it out, whether it be Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleber, whoever Rudy Gobert was guarding at the time, they get a wide open three. Now, it looks bad on Rudy Gobert, but in actuality, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, whoever it is that was guarding the person that blew by him, that forced Rudy Gobert to switch, it's their fault. And I think that's why people have such a bad rep when it comes to Rudy Gobert and what he does in the postseason. In the regular season, teams tend not to do a five-out scheme. They always run their sets, and Rudy Gobert being in the paint as a deterrent, that works, which is why you see the defensive player of the year in the regular season time and time again. But when it comes down to playoff success, it's going to take a team effort. It cannot be Rudy Gobert holding up the entire defense the way he does in the regular season. I think teams trying to figure that out which is why you see Utah not making it as far as you suspect with their 50-55 win seasons that they keep racking up. Last thing I'll say about Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, obviously Rudy Gobert, if we bring up his contract real quick, let me get this up. I believe he still has three more years left on his contract, but the thing with it is, okay, here it is. So age 30 season, which is the season coming up, making $38 million. That's a lot. That is a lot for a center that is offensive, offensively limited and defensively he can be exposed without good perimeter defense. That's a lot. Age 31 season, he's making $41 million. Age 32 season, almost $44 million. And age 33 season, he has a player option, likely will accept it. That's almost $47 million. So you're paying $47 million for a guy who's going to be 33, going to have more wear and tear at the center position. You know, they start to decline sooner than most. 7-2, he's a big guy. Will he be able to sustain the level of play that he does and making all that money? That's one thing with these Supermax contracts, these larger extensions that we'll get into later with Damon Lillard and Bradley Beal. But as these guys get older... These contract numbers get very scary for the production that these guys are looking to produce as they get older. The production starts to go down, but the money keeps going up. Something definitely has to change with that, but we'll get into that later. Now, let's look at Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, age 26 season coming up, making about $30 million. Next season, when he's 27, $32 million. 28, $34 million. 29 player option, 37 million. Donovan Mitchell's contract is much easier to swallow for the simple fact that we know that he's just entering his prime. His production will stay up, if not go even higher than what it is already. He's likely to make all NBA teams, and once he hits that 2026 offseason, he's likely to get a supermax extension. But at that point, it might be a little risky to give him all that money, but at the same time, you have to realize he's young still, plenty of great basketball. He has at least seven to eight years of great basketball left in him. So in the conclusion, you have to realize that the value is definitely determined by the market. And Rudy Gobert, while it was an overpay, 
that overpay it is reasonable when you consider the fact that Minnesota what they needed they needed a big man their defense in the paint was atrocious Colony Towns is probably one of the top 10 worst rim protectors in the NBA at that center spot now he's playing power forward that's a different argument but that center spot one of the worst and they needed that badly so they decided to go the amount of picks the assets that they had to get Rudy Gobert for Donovan Mitchell in his situation 25 turning 26 soon all-star level guy all NBA potential salary's not terrible yet because the production is still going up it all depends on who's willing to give up the most for him and that's where he's going to go I suspect the Knicks will be high on the list for a team that will go and try and give up as much assets as they can to give them watch out for Miami as well Dallas sneakily might be in it Orlando I highly doubt and there may be another wild card team that I'm not even predicting yet that might go for him but right now I think the Knicks are number one front runner it might be a different package than what I gave but don't be surprised if we see four or five first round picks along with assets such as RJ Barrett because Utah is looking to retool rebuild for this upcoming draft and their future that's what they're looking for this is the end of part one of our two-part podcast next episode we will be going deep into Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal's contract extensions and the history of guards that once they reach a certain age man they just break down and those contract figures get bigger and bigger and their production keeps going down and down all that and more on the next episode of the from downtown podcast